Welcome to True Independent Media, Real News Live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Saturday Night Live with uh, your host. I'm your host, Mike Barra, out in Seattle, Washington. So far tonight, we've got TV's Blake Wally, somewhere east of California, Pete Schmid, who's down in the Sedona area, and Candace was just here, and I'm sure she's coming back, but she's not with us right at the moment. So wanted to say hi to everybody. Pete got you back on, and again, this is a uh, this is an adult beverage show. So Saturday night, Saturday nights. So I am once again drinking the Jeremiah Red from BJ's Brewhouse. Why? Because I have a refrigerator full of about a dozen of them, and uh, we're actually less than a dozen now. And so I'm going to pour myself a cold one. Blake Wally, somewhere east of California. What are you drinking tonight? I'm going to try something new. Is uh, new seltzers in town. This one's called Wild Basin. It's blueberry mango. That's eh, festive holiday flavors. All right. But we're going to try it out. Cheers. And Pete, what are you drinking with us? Uh, green tea again in Sedonia, Sedona? Or are you mainlining, you know, patchouli oil? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's Joshua Tree. <laughs> But hey, you know, I got this at the store. I haven't tried it yet. I was having a bitch fest with one of my best friends in San Diego about how everyone's making IPAs, but no one's making good Pilsner lagers. So I got this stuff, solid gold. And I haven't opened it yet, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to give right. you a full you know, review a, on it. Give us a full, a full review. And by the way, I am drinking my Jeremiah Red out of my Star Trek Chris Pine uh collectible glass all right and in honor of poor chris pine being stuck in that fucking disaster called wonder woman 1984 that i suffered through last night oh my god what a horrendous movie it's free if you have hbo max don't get hbo max to watch it just trust me don't 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 just don't go it's just so bad so bad <laughs> I can't even tell you. Candace Whitelight, you're with us back here again. What is what exactly are you drinking tonight? Oh, I have I can't decide. I'm gonna drink some water and then maybe I'll go grab uh go grab a uh sake, which is my favorite, nice warm one, so that I stay nice and cozy. It's cold out here tonight in good old Montana. Montana, yeah. Candace Whitelight, Mrs. Excitement, as we like to call her here on Saturday Night Live. All right, I'm um, just kind of going through here. It looks like we got some people, uh, and Andoni, Andoni's drinking pure coconut water. We got a lot of hippies in here. We have to change our audience. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> smash that like button. Yeah, Tammy says smash that like button. Ashley says hi to everybody. Sedona's awesome. I don't know, oh, Steinlager. Bob Berg is drinking Steinlager. Steinlager. Yes, Steinlager. Good German beer. Good for you. Good for you. The Third Reich ran on Steinlager. We all know that, right? Okay, guys, this is a not purely entertainment show. It is also a news show. And, gee, did anything happen? What a quiet Christmas we had. Nothing happened except a massive explosion in downtown Nashville. And so we're going to go to the go to the highlights here, the highlight reel, and show you guys some of what went on in Nashville and talk about it a little bit. Uh, I'm going to roll up 
here to the main explosion video, which I thought I had queued up, but apparently I do not. Let's go. There's a few videos out there. I wanted to get one very specific one because it is a bit on the weird side. Da, 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 da. Yeah, okay, it was right there. I hate you, Twitter. God, I hate you, Twitter. I hate you even more right now, Twitter. Well, okay, well, we'll show you one of the explosion videos. This is uh, this is the one from uh, Commerce Street that we will show you. Okay, well, eventually we're going to get there, I promise. Okay, here we go. No, that's not it. That's not it, damn it. Um, there's this one. Now, I want to rewind this one because this is supposedly the RV right here. Watch where the explosion seems to come from. Oh, so seems to come from the that's other side. The There's magnesium. You can tell from the white of the explosion frequency. Yeah, they were saying, Pete, that that also could be, uh, what, C4? C4 is what it's called. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely something that is extremely hot. And you're exactly right. Okay, That's so what it is. Right. Well, here's, here's the other video I wanted to show you. And, and I want to be careful on the volume because last time I ran it, it was really, really loud. But uh, let me reshare and we'll go to that one. Da, 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 da. That surveillance video queued up again. This is Look at the right on devastation Avenue, there. And this time we have backed it up prior to the explosion because it does catch the explosion, but you can hear the repeated recordings. And guys, I'm not sure if we have that. We all want to just be quiet and listen carefully to that recording, which police, like you said, Phil, confirming now what is coming from the RV. Let's roll it. Absolutely chilling. It's like it, you know, it is like something you'd see out of a, a, a movie, and it's happened on Christmas Day in downtown Nashville. A very official-sounding recording, Phil. Now, um, the interesting thing about this, guys, and and there's one more video I'd I'd like to get a hold of here. Um, well, here's another shot of the Nashville explosion. I think this one's a little bit more goes a little bit longer. Let's watch this one. Now, that supposedly is the RV over on this side, but the explosion does seem to come from the other side of the street. They're saying that's the RV.
So, um, and and then there were there were other reports that there were shots fired in the area. There was apparently some sort of gun battle that took place um, took place in the area prior to that. And I think we have some audio of that. But um, let me hang on here. Let me find it, guys. Sorry, I, it was all queued up, and then it wasn't queued up, and now I'm scrolling through a bunch of videos. Yeah, it could be this one. No, that's the explosion again. Um, okay, apparently, when, you know, I loaded this over an hour ago, but again, here's the devastation. Okay, here's the here's the uh, here's the audio of the gunfight. Mike, we're not getting any share. Oh, the video. Let's try it again. Try it again. Sorry, my mistake. Da, 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 da. All right. So uh, again, as you could hear them say there, that they they felt like that was like a thirty. They're estimating a thirty caliber um, weapon of some kind. There's a few different guns like that. Um, I think the interesting thing about it is that the reports are pretty specifically that there was a gunshot taking. There were gunshots taking place um, well before this uh, event took place. So before the explosion, apparently there was this van was driven there. There was an exchange of gunfire. There's all kinds of interesting reports. I want to share one with you that's been floating around um, that we pulled up. So uh, it, it's pretty interesting stuff as we develop this, um, this more and more. One report from an Anon said White Hats located a bomb or the bomb before it was placed in its targeted detonation area. A firefight ensued between good actors and bad actors. Bad actors were killed. The bomb was not safe to handle under normal circumstances. So they did a controlled detonation with the countdown and the warning to minimize the harm to the populace. And it is true, we do know that the police did go door to door and basically get people out of the area. And then furthermore, uh, there's a rumor that this area was uh, an AT&T communications hub that they got the contract to do the forensic audit on the Dominion machines, and many were being transported to the Nashville location this week. That was four days before Christmas. 
that this report came out. And there is also rumors that there was a switching station there and that uh, AT&T had a contract with the National Security Agency, which, as we understand it, is on the side of, of the Patriots. So i just like to start. Um, let's start with you, Blake. What what do you think about all this stuff going on in Nashville? Any any further information that, that we haven't really covered here? No, there's so much uh, to gather right now. We're still trying to find answers. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, Oklahoma City, where it's like the suspicious um, vehicle explosion but then the building mysteriously looks like it might have been blown up from the inside and that that was just a cover story i don't know here's a a screenshot and it's hard to tell whether the explosion was in or out of the building it looks like looks like it came out from inside the building in uh, here a little bit but i'm no expert in that kind of thing yeah, I have, I have no idea either. So it's just, yeah, trying to gather what looks like a bigger story. And then when you start factoring in with, with the gunshots, there was a, a gunfight ahead of that. And the, maybe they knew about it. Maybe they didn't. I'm um, trying to figure out, yes, is there a connection with the Dominion machines? How high does this go? Um, amazing story. It just kind of just hit yesterday. So we're. Well, you know, and the thing is, to it, to me, it's another Las Vegas because there's no explanation yet of anything that's going on. They're they're trying to pin it on somebody, but they also the FBI also tried to pin the Olympics bombing on Richard Jewell, and we all know how that turned out. Pete, you got any comments or any questions or anything to say about this particular story at this time? Pete, yes, hello, comment, uh, no. Yeah. You know, I understand basic physics and I understand ballistics quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, those are definitely rifle rounds. There's no doubt. Um, the, the audio was muted. You didn't hear the high-end crack, but they had the length to them. Uh, and I have a musical ear and that extends to everything else. And uh, definitely from the look of the explosion, the RV was a plant. It may have had something in it but it was planted in the building. That building was blown from the inside out. It's, it's physics. It's like the magic bullet that killed JFK it came from behind. No, his back went back to the right. It's physics. The bullet has a force. The explosion has a force. It definitely came from the inside out. See, basic common sense, if you understand you know, yeah. basic physics. Looking at that and, first video. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, looking at that first video, it, it does appear that the building next to the RV exploded, not the RV. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was a bright flash of light. I'm not sure what it was. You know, it could have been ampo. Who knows? Who knows? It wasn't quite, I, you know, my first guess was um, it was uh, magnesium, but it wasn't that bright of, of a light. So there was... Um, you know, it could have been C4. I've never studied C4. I don't know it. I have plenty of friends in special forces that know it, but I, I don't know. It could have been one of them would probably be able to be a better judge of that than me. But um, yeah. it, was, it was a big, it was something that was a fast moving explosion, you know, like C4 would do. And well, uh, it, I mean, I, I think the key thing that gives credence to that theory is the the firefight that took place 
before, a couple of hours before the explosion. And the other thing, too, is that the street lamps that are there in Nashville, I did read and I did did study, and they have they have connections to the Internet, and they have speakers which are designed to make public announcements exactly like that. So even though the police, who we know we can't trust after Las Vegas, are saying, oh, the announcement came from the RV, it's just as likely, if not more likely, the announcement came from the police over the loudspeakers in the area there. That seems like it's a more likely scenario. So again, they're lying to us about stuff. And and what exactly are they lying about? Maybe the origin of this. Candace, any quick thoughts on uh, on Nashville or do you want to save them until we get to the main event? Uh, well, I think what's going on here is uh, very much like I've talked about in the past with the tunnels. Um, Juan explained this to me months ago in terms of the fact that they can remote detonate with directed energy weapons, which are seen sometimes in pictures, and we've seen them um, in various locations in California where they started fires with them. Uh, basically what they're doing is they're sending a uh, pressure wave that has a very high frequency and it can explode anything that it's aimed at. So they can, they can make it go penetrating the ground and actually explode the air that's in underground uh, rooms and facilities and that's how they have taken out a lot of these dumbs so if you take that and extend it to this situation they obviously knew what was going on they planted a target probably which was the rv and then they had probably in that building some sort of explosive uh, you know um uh you know uh kind of you know something they could calibrate like c4 okay so then when they hit it, it explodes and it makes it look like it's coming from that area. But the actual triggering comes from a basically a, a, an aircraft that is uh, probably at about 20,000 feet. And um, they shut down the uh, air uh, facilities in that right before this happened. And that's a tell because they don't want any other little planes in the area. So they'll They'll fly over and this is all military. This is all, you know, what they're capable of. And then they'll just, it's a, it's a, doesn't make any noise until it hits the uh, explosive material. So, well, that, you know, that, that's all well and good, Candace. And, but I mean, these sort of exotic explanations of that, you know, the Russians used the golden eye on us and blew up a target. That seems a little exotic because you get the exact same effect by just putting a big bomb in an RV and sit it on the street corner there. So, I, I mean, I hear all this stuff, but I don't want to go there. It's like all the, all the 9 11 nonsense. The simplest explanation is that if you fly, you know, 450,000 pound jetliners at 500 miles an hour into buildings, you're, you're going to knock them down. Um, that's the most logical explanation to me. So I just, I don't know, you know, I mean, to me, that's not important. What's important is who staged this event? Why did they stage this event? Was it targeted at the server farms there? Does it have something to do with the election? And I think at this point, everything has something to do with the election. So that's, that's what I'm looking at right here. The whole directed energy weapon thing, to me, that's a second level issue. I, you could do just as much damage with a bomb, it seems to me, as you well, could. Well, I'm reading the article in Natural News right now, and it states that the Nashville explosion was actually a missile strike, and the target was the AT&T NSA hardened switching facility, which is a right. spy hub. So, you know, basically, that's the same story. It's just 
you know, from my understanding, we use these things um, in the dumps because you have to go underground with them. And it is a technology. I mean, you think about you can't compare it with what happened in 2001. That's my opinion, because, of course, I've I've researched these things extensively. But it looks like they have um, a lot of information here that basically explains the whole thing. And this is, of course, uh, well, then, Mike Adams, you know. So. Right. And I, I mean, I like Mike, but I don't I don't consider him. I mean, I, I, I consider I take some of this the really exotic stuff with a grain of salt, because like I said, why why go to all that trouble of using the magical golden eye device when you can just set off a bomb right there? Uh, breaking news. There's a fire at a printing company in Rochester, New York, who printed ballots for the 2020 presidential election for various states and other clients. So there is a fire right now. Okay, I want to move on to a few other items that are in the news um, that I think are going to be of interest to people. Uh, over the weekend, the Queen gave her uh, speech, her annual speech to the British people. And I mean, they're not even making it secret anymore. There was a coronavirus Christmas ornament on the tree next to her and her brooch was a coronavirus. So again, they're me sending messages. It's all symbolism. I think Candice, you're going to talk about symbols and so forth in a little bit. It, it's just, you know, in our face, big F you. We don't care what you think. Now, really interestingly, there was a rumor this weekend that Adam Schiff was arrested over uh, at LAX, that he was actually arrested. And um, Lynn Wood tweeted out yesterday afternoon on Christmas, Merry Christmas. Remember when Jennifer Fala told us Merry Christmas? What a day. Adam Schiff not having a good Christmas. A bomb in Nashville hit the AT&T Center causing internet and power outages in the southeast. Police were at the White House all night. There was a cyber attack by an, on an Air Force base, none of which was reported by the mainstream media. And then somebody else put out today what appears to be a screen capture of L.A. County arrest records, which indicates Adam Bennett Schiff, who would be everybody's least favorite congressman would be on that list. And then on Facebook, uh, Susie Q59, who was the one who told you that Adam Schiff was arrested at LAX. As yesterday I told you that Adam Schiff was at LAX and 15 cops took him into custody and brought him to the FBI building and arrested him. Last night when Pelosi left Congress, she was intercepted by US Marshals and arrested on Christmas day, Merry Christmas. So those are a couple of reports, Let's go around the horn. Blake, Pete, Candace, in that order. Blake, you got any thoughts on these wild rumors? Do you think they could be true? Damn, if you were going to pounce on the dark ball, Christmas seems like good timing to me. And yeah. you know, he's just a well-known um, problem child. You know, for fuck's sake, he's in the Twin Towers right now. I just doused it. The Twin Towers are the big jail high-rises off of um, – Hill Street mm -hmm. in downtown LA. So um, yeah, he's uh, you know it's done. They're 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 the net has been spread. You know they were going to do their worst work on Christmas Day, and we decided to, I don't know, maybe uh, beat them to the punch. Yeah, and yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I just I I feel stuff in my heart. I don't know the specifics. I don't have, you know, military intelligence informing me all the time. Some of the time, but not all the time. But, you know, sometimes you just feel things. And I feel that there was a big shift. Something happened. And if you're going to take these people down 
who are the most anti-Christian people imaginable, mm-hmm. Christmas mm-hmm. Day would be a darn good tootin' day. That'd it be the be day that. Would, yeah, yeah it would be a great. Time, it would be a great time to start it, Blake. I'm gonna, you know, Mike. I'm gonna open the spear, and I'm gonna. Okay, there you go. There you I, go. I don't, that beer. I, don't know, I don't know who did what they did with the white hat, but I salute yeah. them all, and I'm taking a big drink and saluting them right now. All right, man. Uh, Blake, your thoughts. Yeah, this was uh, seeing these rumors. I'd like to believe all this stuff. Yeah, Adam Schiff got arrested. I didn't hear anything about the Pelosi, but that would definitely make Christmas if, if those two uh, got. Uh, yeah, well, that that's new. That's just tonight. I just got that ten minutes ago, right before the show. So yeah, it could be could be breaking news. Yeah, it's one of those things. I don't want to get too much, you know, false hope or anything, but I do. It, it looks legitimate. It look, it's plausible at least. So it could happen. It should happen. Uh, we've been expecting something big, but I'm gonna. I gotta wait until I can really like double, triple check, confirm this before I uh, get too excited and have the next big celebration here. But certainly will. Yeah, and well, stand if it does. Yeah, you know, and I think I think the key thing is. Blake, is that is that all of this stuff is fine the, if, if we're getting backroom information and it's great to be the first ones to break it and talk about it among the first anyway. But what, what I feel like we need is we need this to come out in public. We need everybody to see this and everybody to start believing this and everybody to start recognizing what's going on. And I, I did watch Juan Osaban on Michael Jaco's show today. If you have YouTube, go to Michael Jaco, J-A-C-O. And um, and watch his show with Juan today. Juan was broadcasting from a hotel overlooking Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas, having to do with ancient aliens and JFK, that awesome 2019 book that Mike Barra wrote that you should all check out to tell you what the real reasons behind the Kennedy assassination were and who was involved. And by the way, Pete, the bullet went straight through Kennedy. It didn't have to change directions. That's, that's an Oliver Stone fiction. That's nonsense. But um, I will say this, and, and you know, Juan was talking about how we're impatient and we're not pushing, you know, we're, we're pushing, 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 and that he wants these guys to feel pain. But I'm going to tell you, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch this to Candace, sweetie, when I, when I get done, I'm going to, you can have plenty of time to respond to this. When I would kick back to Juan, were I on the phone with him right now, where I, where I'd call him up on my cell phone would be, uh, you're missing the point. We're the ones in pain. The Patriots are the ones that are in pain right now because we have nothing to hang our hat on. We don't have one single arrest. We don't even have Ray or, or uh, you know, Strzok or any of these people to say, well, there's going to be justice because look what's already been done. We don't have one thing. So we're the ones that are in pain, not the other guys. They don't strike me as having any difficulties or concerns right now at all. Now, maybe if Nancy Pelosi... Maybe if uh, if uh, Adam Schiff have been arrested, they're starting to get scared. They're starting to shit their pants. I hope so. But the truth is, right now, we're the ones who don't have any reason to believe any of this is going to happen. And I, I get Juan's confidence, and I support what they're doing, and I hope to God that he's right. But I think they're missing the point up at the top, the t- upper echelons. We need something to to hang our hat on. We need a victory. We need at least some small moral victory. And you can address that in a, in a minute because I want to play this other video first, Candice. So uh, right before we do that, 357 people already in the live stream, guys. That's really awesome. I wanted to tell you, hit the, uh, if you want to send me some love, hit uh, paypal, paypal.me um, slash Mike Barra. 
for um, my PayPal or Venmo at Mike Barra. We do have a special event tomorrow night with Jennifer Falad Doring. She's going to be doing readings for up to 40 guests. I think we have two or three slots left on that one. That will be December 27th tomorrow at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific. No, 5 p.m. Pacific. 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, we'll be doing that live reading. Jennifer will be on there. We're almost completely packed up. You can hit my PayPal, uh, paypal.me slash Mike Barra for $27. Make sure you give me your email address, and we'll get you on a Skype call tomorrow that we're going to do. Uh, to give Blake Wally some love, hit paypal.me slash Blake Wally. Not TV's Blake Wally, but Blake Wally. To uh, support Candice, go to Facebook, Frequency of the Earth. And at eBay, she is Miramum, M-E-A-R-A-M-U-M. Pete, do you have something you want or if you, you want to lay one out? I don't think I have one in here for you. A bit, no, I'm just giving you props. So I was just giving you the Other than that, please don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to Mike Barra Official and the Peelback Report. Catch us on Periscope. Catch us on... Um, What's the other one? Twitch. Catch us on Rumble. Casey Jones is taking care of all that stuff. And do not forget to uh, patronize our sponsor, UngovernedTees.com, and use the code RN2021. Okay, station break is over. So before we go to Candace, what I want to do is play something Candace requested. It is an update from a, a guy named Thomas Wichter, who was on YouTube still for a while. They're going to take him down, I'm sure. But he's putting out videos that kind of tell you what he thinks is going on. He's a brilliant guy. He figures it out at a very deep level. And he, he does these videos kind of, he kind of does a symbolic explanation of what he think, thinks is going on. So Candace, with your permission, I'm going to share the screen and we're going to hit that particular video for about four minutes worth of screen time here. Congress to immediately get rid of the wasteful and unnecessary items from the
from this legislation and to send me a suitable bill or else the next administration will have to deliver a COVID relief package and maybe that administration will be me and we will get it done. Okay, <laughs> that's the Brooklyn Bridge, guys. And I, I, I want to remind you of a saying we used to have in the old days. It says, uh, you know, when somebody wants to sell you something and you yeah. go like, you know, well, I got a bridge I want to sell you. You in know, Brooklyn. it's like yeah. it's in Brooklyn. It's the Brooklyn yeah. Bridge. So that's like an insider joke, just so everybody's up to speed. Go ahead. Well, and I was just going to say, would you classify what happened in um, – in Nashville, I would classify it under Wichter's definitions as clandestine, a clandestine operation. What do you think? Well, you know, what we have to look at is the circumstances that have been happening for the last five years. And this is all leading up to this point where, and I got to say, Q has said it for a long time, we have it all. And uh, we're in a position now where we're actually showing them that we have it by using their weapons against them because they had a plan here and they've been able to execute it. They've killed off a lot of people. And I think that we need to look at this as one of the most insane periods that we've ever endured in our life because we have been blamed for this. 
over and over and over again, Russia, Russia, Russia. And none of it was true. All of it was diversion and clandestine operations that they were getting away with. And why? Because exactly as uh, Mr. Thomas Wichter defined is that if you do a covert operation, it's illegal if you get caught. It's sedition. So they were very careful. They didn't do anything in that manner. They just did it in secret. They talked amongst themselves. They, for a long time, were able to communicate just like we do on our cell phones and texting each other. But a major thing happened at a funeral that happened uh, a couple years ago. And it was for uh, an actor. And I think we all remember who it was. Um, George H. W. Bush, Bush, and he he was, and they had to pass out envelopes. And you know, I thought at the time that's rather strange, right? But yeah. it's because we took over their communications. We have a, the digital army of excellence that is now run by a very very fine man, and his name is General Flynn. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have been working with him as best we can. He's been on silence. Why did they want to shut him up in the first yeah, place? Yeah, curious, isn't it, Candace? Interesting. It is curious. And so what we have now is that strength of the knowing that we actually know all of their moves ahead of time. They are incapable of pulling anything on us that we don't know exists. So... If that is the case, then what we're doing is we are revealing, right, with all these actions, who the players are, what they're doing, who they report to, where they're getting their money stream. And I will just remind everybody, I talked about it last Wednesday, that we are, and this is why Juan is so damn giddy. I mean, give him a break, okay? This guy's been working for 30 years in this business. And he can have a little bit of fun now because he's looking at it like, I know the plot to this story. I, yeah, know, I know how, how it ends. ends. He knows how it ends. That's the key thing, right? You know the end of the story. That's right. So, you know, I, you and I are a little bit different in, in terms of our evaluation. But, you know, the real truth of this whole thing is that we have to, and this is the hard part to take, I understand is that we got to get down to the bottom of the swamp. We got the dredgers in there. We got the, you know, the big uh, pumps all hooked up. We've got everything that, you know, we can get to our disposal. But we keep getting to a point where there's new things that pop up and little monsters and, and little, uh, you know, script lines that we didn't quite anticipate uh, because you can't anticipate everything. I mean, you, you really try to do that, but I think we've got as much control over it as we can at this point, because it is a multi-layer, multi-faceted, multinational, multi-country. It's in every one of our lives on several levels. And you just sit down for a second and you try to look around you and see how many things are totally wrong. The way they've run things with and I could go down the list. Everybody needs to do it and write it all down and just go, you know, gee, I've noticed that uh, 
uh, that uh, guy over there, that farmer, isn't plowing his field anymore. I wonder what's going on. That means mm. that there's not enough hay being grown next year to feed your horses or your cattle or the things that you need to feed. And then you find out, oh, my gosh, that, that land was sold last year. And, you know, the guy that's living there looks a little bit oriental. I mean, not that I have a problem with orientals. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But then you find out that a friend of yours who has a friend that and this is real life down near Helena that uh, has a friend that lives on a land. She's a caretaker and it's 50,000 acres and it's a lovely bottom land. In other words, right next to a river, very lush, good hay producing. It's going fallow. In other words, it's not being, you know, farmed and that lady says to my friend, she says, yeah, I've got the nicest landlord and he's from China. And I'm going like, <laughs> yeah. okay. And uh, this, is, this is what's been going on, folks. We have just among us all of this. All of a kind sudden. Of, can, I, can, I say, can I say a brief piece here, yeah. Mike? Could I? Uh, yeah, real quickly. And then I want to say something. Go ahead. Yeah. Sure. I know the. Chinese people well, and they're brilliant people. They built the wall against Mongolians. They're never to be underestimated. But the, the ball, the mob that rules the Communist Party and that big giant country of beautiful, hard-working people that are, you know, unfortunately easily controlled is a different thing. You have to always remember the difference between the people running the shit show and the people that are good people that are doing their best and some of them don't know any better. And you can't level the playing field on, you know, with one swipe of the brush, you know, that the Chinese people are good people, but damn, are they tooled by the cabal, the white dragon, the red dragon, the, the black dragon societies, all of them, they're all just mafias fighting it out. And they got these poor people in the billions following them around. It's very um, interesting to view and a neutral point of yeah. view. And it's also very sad. And it's also very interesting. And it's also, yeah. I can't wait to see what they do when they rebel and they realize well, what's going on. We're a good uh, combination here, Pete, and it's at, you're absolutely true, and I'll put that caveat into place. You're so wonderfully pointing out the fact that it's not about the Chinese people. It's not about the people actually in any, any country in the way that uh, Juan defined it. He says the deep state is in all these countries, so they have their own deep state they're dealing with just like we do, and Yep. You know, they're the CCP, who's been around since the Boxer Rebellion, they took over. And I have tons of stories, and I'm doing research right now about how it was that they actually took over the country. I mean, this, this is the horror show of history that has not been taught in any schools. Right. Hang, and, but hang on, Candace. I, I want to get to that in a minute. But uh, if you yeah. want to go there, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to get to that in a minute. Just a couple things I wanted to add. Um, I did talk to the mechanic about the shift rumor. 
he came back today uh, on Boxing Day, by the way. Happy Boxing Day. What to call it in Europe is the day after Christmas is called Boxing Day. I'm not sure why. All I know is there's lots of soccer and lots of football on on Boxing Day. I asked him about whether or not the shift rumors were true, and he came back with it's a fair possibility. My usual people won't even comment. Now, it's possible they wouldn't comment because it's Christmas, but it sounds like he's gotten a hold of them and asked them to comment, and they will not comment on whether Adam Schiff has been arrested. He said, maybe they're negotiating a deal one can only hope. So I wanted to make sure I got that piece of information out. I meant to put it at the top of the show before we got going and before we got there. So back to you, Candace. And oh, by the way, one other thing, Martha Connor, there were five or six shooters in Dallas to kill Kennedy. No, there were two, Lee Harvey Oswald and J.D. Tippett. Read all about it in this book, Ancient Aliens and JFK by Mike Barra. Really awesome book. Explains everything. George Herbert Walker Bush was nowhere near Dallas, Texas. Well, unless you consider four hours away to be near Dallas, Texas. Okay, Candace, back to you. Take it and run with it. Well, I just, you know, thank you again, Pete, for that. I, I just want to elaborate on a couple of things that we did talk about Wednesday and that are very important to um, what Juan has said in his program, which is really about this whole thing, um, which I need your, uh, you know, response to as well, is about the JFK assassination. Now, um, you know, the, the whole thing came forward today because he again mentioned it on his program that he did with uh, Michael Jaco. And I think that um, when we're putting this together, we have to understand what the history is and and how um, that was like, one, not the first, but it was the pinnacle of this group coming together that is the deep state in our country. Um, because what they had at that point in time are just um, a lot of rogue agents and people that were with this C underscore A and uh, you know the three letter agencies that, that all kind of contributed to the takeover of our government. So. Um, you know, because he was sitting there in Dallas today overlooking the Daily Plaza, I just, I, I knew he was in Dallas, but I wasn't quite sure where. And uh, it was great because I sent a message to my team and uh, you all responded and I just went bingo. Yeah. And then coincidentally, that triangle building I got a picture of lit up like a Christmas tree with a bright reflection at the very top of this triangle. And I just went at 33 minutes and I was like, whoa, how much more could you say that would define exactly who's it been in control for all these years? And that is about, of course, we call them the 13 bloodlines or the Illuminati. And, um, you know, all this is coming together. Yeah, whatever you want to call them. Right. So, you know, we, again, sort of avoid that topic. But you know, the idea is, is that people are becoming more aware of what's going on, not only with symbolism, and that is our, our course of study here that we're all going through, that we're trying to get a handle on is how much uh, of what it is that we've been fed as far as not only the mainstream media, but films and television and music and everything else that have really showed these symbols to us uh, every day and every way we are we have been taken in to this whole thing that basically is the alignment that has come to the forefront um, which includes uh, Satan and his 
his uh, going against God, who he wants to become equal with God. Mm-hmm. And then we have the, um, the communists that uh, were infiltrated in our country. Uh, you know, the McCarthyism, everything, uh, Hollywood. Um, and then we also have the Nazis that sort of stood aside and, and waited. You know, they're really good at waiting, but they rushed into this country uh, after the war and brought Operation Paperclip in. And uh, they basically embedded themselves in all of our systems. So, you know, what we've got going on here is something that is very evident to a patterning that I think I've been trying to explain it in terms of how they have come at us and how they've been able to get as infiltrated as a part of our lives, as a part of our brainwave state. And this is where we all stand right now in confusion. That is, is uh, the chaos that they want us to be in, the division, the putting the mask on, muzzling each other, um, you know, making each other's life a living hell if we don't participate. Uh, yeah, because- I, saw, I saw a commercial just watching a football game tonight, and, and they show a bunch of little clips. Because and they don't parent. understand love, Kansas. There's they are lost character. on the whole concept of love. They don't understand it. They know. Yeah. There's some Karen screaming out a window, six feet away, six feet away. Like she's supposed to be a hero for doing that. It's like, I don't know. It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah. And I, I got to say, Pete, you are so perfect in terms of timing. My whole aspect of this in terms of, what I posted on Frequency of the Earth just uh, yesterday um, comes down to really learning the frequency of uh, positivity and of uh, love. And, you know, we have been so corrupted by uh, 440 hertz, which is what everything was tuned to and everything is played now, you know, in most uh, applications for and digitally, uh, you, you can take and you can retune anything if you just set your, uh, you know, if you have the capacity to do that, like with a mixer board, you can set everything to 432. And you'll notice that it really does sound different. And it, you know, <laughs> Go ahead and I'm sorry. say that again. Or a, an electric guitar with a lot of distortion and feedback from tubes, not transistors, tubes, and a theremin. You, if you play the two together, you can work frequencies and all the squeaky beating tones, and it's it's just magic. And it, it, to, to most people, it sounds like... Um, Crazy music. It's, it hurts her ears. But to the right oh, kind mean, of ear. You mean like you know, Rush? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. No, no. Mike, Rush never used a theremin. A theremin is um, a unique instrument. It was made by a, a person of scientists, Lev Theremin. And uh, it he, he had a shortwave radio and he, he all the squeaking and squawking in between channels. He, he tried to figure it out. He made an instrument that, that found that. So you just they play it for you with your hands. You have there's two antennas. A pitch yeah, it's antenna. magnetic. It's magnetic fields, and I, I get it was used first. I think yeah, really totally. in the film uh, Forbidden Planet, used it to create these weird tonalities. 
And I'm really, the only time I can remember really hearing it, I think is on a U2 song called Electrical Storm it was used. And I'm like, holy crap, that's a theremin one. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Electrical Storm by U2 uses a theremin wand. And and it sounds really great. So anyway, yeah, interesting. It's a crazy instrument. Uh, they use it on good vibrations for the Beast Boys, too. Um, oh, yeah, that's, but, right. that's uh, right. Absolutely, yeah. But you can, like, Steve Ray Vaughan or the Samillion guitar players that would bend a string and catch the string above it and just, and all of a sudden you'd have this squeaking and squawking. Like, just, it, it's not note, fret, note, you know, like a piano or, you know, you're just dealing with, like, these weird high harmonics. And you just, there's magic in that that whole thing. And uh, I, th I think, you know, this whole thing's a war of frequencies. You know, uh, you know the good, good of dark against light in this battle or, or you know, whatever you want to call what we're going through. But really, you, you can, it is a true war of frequencies. And you can re-frequency beautiful beauty over dark frequencies. Anyone can do it. They can do it humming they can do it singing you can do it with a kazoo you can do it with a guitar you can do it with a keyboard you just have to find the notes in between the notes it's a weird thing i can't yeah. really explain it i'm not an expert i'm just just my own personal experience but thank you for letting my say my piece thank Hi. you mike love you love you too pete all right candace <laughs> back to you candace what's up well, a couple of things came up in chat, and I, I do want to give people some, um, you know, assertive understanding of this because a lot of folks are working with frequency right now, and it's a very viable, valuable, um, you know, research project. Um, I do kind of look at all of them. I haven't really recommended anyone in particular, but, uh, you know, the Rife machines, um, they are, are – very old, actually 100 years. And uh, it was a technology that was brought about and, uh, you know, speaks in terms of uh, treating specific disease. And it certainly is uh, a, a decent electronic set. But we do have to understand there's a big difference between, as Pete said, with like tube amplifiers, which is a warm, round sound that actually sounds like you're in the room uh, with the performing artist uh, and then there's digital stuff and I have you know a real strong feeling towards digital music because it is so easily um, weaponized and you know when you go into it and you start really analyzing it um, even the healing frequencies that they'll give you don't just don't always sound right and you've got to start to rely on your own bio um, regulation, and that is because each of us have a different frequency. Yeah. And so when we're dealing with this, yeah, it's it's really specific. Now, again, I got this information from Juan quite a while ago. It's about the DNA. It's about the fact that we have within our DNA structure a tuning fork that gives us a certain resonance, which is one of the reasons that we kind of get along with certain people it's it's you know a lot of people have said oh it's you know chemistry when you get close to a person and you feel all fluttery and everything but really what that is it's a 
gut reaction that is happening within your digestive system, which I've talked about, which is also an electronic system that resonates as brain cells. So when you start talking about that, you have to say that we have a brain that has three lobes in it, very primary to our thinking process, our memory, our our senses, you know, if you have a massive brain injury, a lot of times you'll lose your smelling or your your taste. You know, it's really strange uh, the way that all that works, but it makes. Ooh, whoops. She went away. Hang on. Um, I was just going to respond to you, Eric Johnson. We'll uh, we'll wait for Candace to come back. I'm sure she'll be back. Uh, where'd you come up with the Tibbet theory? What about the guy who confessed to Poppy Kennedy with a 221 fireball? <laughs> okay, you know, there's a million guys who confessed to the JFK assassination. I have a picture. It's called the Mary Mormon photograph of J.D. Tippett on the grassy knoll firing the headshot at President Kennedy. He's the one who hit him in the head. Now, Oswald had already hit him from the back, and he would have died anyway because the vagus nerve that tells the the heart to beat and the lungs to breathe had been severed by that shot so he would have died anyway 405 people in chat candace is back we'll be, we'll go back to her in a second 405 people in the live stream right now do not forget to smash that like button subscribe to mike bear official subscribe to the peel back report catch us on twitch and periscope and rumble where uh, casey jones is putting this up do not forget to contribute to uh send some love to um Mike Barra, paypal.me slash Mike Barra or Venmo at Mike-Barra. Do not forget to send some love to please Blake Wally over at paypal.me slash Blake Wally. Do not forget to go to Facebook and join the Frequency of the Earth group uh, for Candace Whitelight on eBay. She is Miramom. And do not forget to visit our wonderful sponsors, ungovernedtees.com and use the code RN2021. And none of us are wearing ungoverned tees t-shirts tonight, but they're awesome shirts really cool stuff pick them up and uh definitely patronize our patron ungovernedtees.com okay all also two slots still left for the reading tomorrow night 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern with jennifer faladori me and jennifer are going to host a skype session where she will do readings for everybody there it's 27 dollars. send it to uh my paypal paypal.me slash Mike Barrett's 27 bucks and send me your email address. We've got two slots left. We'll sign the last two people up if they want to. And Candace may come by for a visit. Candace, how are you? We lost you. Great to have you back. I, I'm so sorry. I, I wonder what's going on it. You know, the internets are like uh, wild. So I don't know where I was when I got shut way, off. So I'll I'll have to re-rack. I'm sorry. That's um, okay. I also cracked open my second beer just for people at home that are counting. So Yeah. So I, I'm going to try to be briefer <laughs> because a lot of this I do talk about on frequency. Uh, Pete and I talk often about all of this. It's uh, it's quite an interesting study. And I think that... Um, you know, when you understand that you are far more powerful than you could possibly think, and I'm going to say that just in terms of connection with our, our ability to contact directly with God, to do things telepathically, to be able to see the future, to be prescient, to be precognizant, to be um, perceptive of uh, our environment, to always be in the right place at the right time, to you know, I mean, it's everything that we have the ability to do that will come to pass in the future when we're actually going to be meeting. able to do it. So, yeah. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so, 
it's it's really kind of fun to think about, and I do try to work ahead. Um, I am working with Juan in terms of a lot of uh, this uh, kind of thought process. He's he's got a lot of projects going on. Right, so asking, not I wanted to ask a question about Juan and what he said today. So he's basically saying that in, from his perspective, the the war the lawfare the legalese the attempt to get politicians to uphold their duties via the Constitution is going to fail and we're going to have to go to a military option. Do you agree that that's what he said? And um, if so, do you agree that that's what's going to happen? Well, it is, uh, you know, an opinion and uh, certainly he has a, a informed opinion and I, uh, I follow his thought train. Um, I think he needs to, to be on the situation Sometimes where he is informing oh, folks and, and letting so them, become his, uh, you know, uh, that we're all coming together um, to look locally, to try to become uh, involved with your people that live right around you and your, what he calls your, your zone. And uh, to really think of this as something that you have effect over, because as long as it's just a big, ugly thing that's off in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. Um, we're not going to really ever get there. And of course, it will come to a military option because uh, these are deeply embedded systems that I don't think any of us really have any territory in terms of, of uh, gathering intel or, or becoming effective in terms of letting people know. It's, it's quite a process. I've been a reporter for quite a few years, and that's what I've done here in Montana. But, you know, I've been tasked with with doing this to report about so that the right people get the information and we break these things up. So um, it's working pretty good. You know, our state is pretty well off, but he keeps talking about flyover country and that's where he is right now. I mean, yeah. he, he isn't really, I don't believe going to be venturing himself into that, that flaming fire of hell's creation. Yeah, uh, because it is kind of dangerous. You know, he was there over the summer, but I don't consider know. Dallas to be flyover country, really. But it's he's pretty close. Uh, and he was in Dallas. He made that pretty obvious. Uh, you don't know me. Juan wants to know, has anyone seen Juan's face? His hands look pudgy. Maybe he's a little too much water weight or a water weight problem. Last time I saw um, Juan was uh, 10 years ago at the Hooters in Santa Monica with a mechanic. That was quite a conversation, let me tell you. And he looked fine, and I, I think he's he's still fine. I don't I don't think he's gained a lot of weight. He was in excellent shape then for a man his age. So I would say, don't worry about Juan's health. I think he's great. Okay, Candace, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to answer that one. In the yeah, clear. I uh, I think it's kind of cute that he's showing us parts of himself. I you yeah. know I know him as well, and when I met him, he. <laughs> Looked a little different than he looks now, and that doesn't surprise me. But, you know, he's been through hell this last year, and I, you know, happen to know about all that. But, you know, the, the situation is, is he's just a real man. He's not anything that people have put on Technical him about. Difficulties? So it's, uh, it's really something that is uh, a... Um, uh, yeah, it's a personal thing. We don't like to go there, but I, I just hope people don't worry about him because he's healthy. He's fine. He's uh, extremely thoughtful and he just works himself to death. He gets about, you know, probably four hours of sleep a day. And he's one of those people that takes power naps. And, you know, I got into his schedule and I'm up all night and, um, you know, 
it's just the case where those of us that are doing this are usually helped out by forces of good. And uh, that's what, you know, we can look at Trump and say that he is protected. And mm. he's also kind of uh, in a position where, you know, he's um, he's used in terms of his situation. And he, here is the next phase of what everybody is going to come to find out. So um, a couple of the things Juan's talked about on air, which uh, I'm allowed to talk about anything that he says on air. So um, is the process of which I talked about last week was technocracy, but really it expands into this AI robotic, um, these, these people that are really not completely human. And if I kind of go over it quickly, it's just kind of throwing it out there. Um, there aren't clones. The clone program was destroyed. Um, but we do have a lot of these kind of AI infused people, which is not that hard to understand. You know, there's a lot of folks out there that act really weird. And, and I happen to have actually uh, seen somebody that was uh, trafficking children, uh, driving the white van. And uh, basically when he was sitting at his chair at the table, had no food in front of him and was at complete rest, staring straight forward. But they do have an eye that they can twist over to look at you, which can go like 90 degrees parallel to your sight line. And it's very weird. And they actually have embedded cameras in those eyes. Now, that is all a program that you can take that to the bank. It exists. And so then you start to explain to yourself, well, if all those people were looking at on the mainstream media platforms, on the governmental platforms, are they real people? You know, and yeah. then you observe their behavior. Look at the way Biden speaks. I rest my case. That's yeah. exactly what happens when these bots are are programmed and then they start glitching. And a lot of people are noticing that. A lot of people are comparing the pictures of what they look like now as opposed to what they look like like six years ago or three years ago. They don't, they're not the same people. I, I know I talked to you earlier, Mike, and I just said, look at, you know, um, Kabbalah, they call her, I guess, it, whatever, you know, she's, she's not the same person. And she went supposedly to get, uh, you know, um, a facelift or whatever. And she came back. I mean, it was, there wasn't any semblance of what she looked like before, although it had her voice they can do voice it's a different person yeah it's definitely a, a completely different person yeah you know what the what the fuck happened to her face that's what everybody wants to know that's well what. and you got you noticed it early on and certainly um i can go back in time and i've done a lot of work like that i i did a decode on rbg um you know which was the whole deal i found out that that was uh you know the way it was taken care of but Again, we are aware of it. The White Hats are. We know where they had been doing it. We know how they had been doing it. And all I can say is right now we're excavating under the temple where Maroni lost his horn in March. And that is... Um, oh, yeah. You know, the horn fell out of Maroni's hand, Moroni's hand in Salt Lake yeah. City. Yeah, that was interesting. That and was it was the case where... Um, those uh, particular events, the earthquakes, all took place in a certain 
area and they were all near a copper mine which had extensive tunnels underneath it and was owned by Kennecott. Now, once you kind of get these cues, I mean, the thing that I do is I'm a researcher, right? So people throw things at me and then I go, okay, so I'll research it. And I'm on the web for a couple, two, three, four hours. And all of a sudden, all these connections fall into place. And I'm not the only one. I mean, these, these researchers that are out there, um, I was just watching Linda Paris today and she did three shows that were so wonderful. It was all on Anderson Cooper. <laughs> and I yeah, just went, yeah. yes, yeah. because this is stuff that she just came out with the last couple weeks. And uh, so it's coming to the surface about the past, all of these connections. Um, and it's the same with Adam. Uh, good old Shiffy Shift was, uh, he's at the top of the line in terms of what happened years ago, actually, that uh, we're at the Standard Hotel, and I'm, I'm going to try to to get that put together and give it okay. to you. But Okay, so before you go there, I just want to do a couple things. I want to keep clean up a couple things. Uh, yeah. First of all, to one person, yes, I am well aware that Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin used a theremin wand, and I love Led Zeppelin, and I always have. 401 people in the live stream. Station break here, Candice. Um, and Basilis says, I missed Juan's show today. What channel was he on? It was Michael Jaco, J-A-C-O. So just look, search for him on Twitter. You can watch what Juan have to say, had to say. Uh, before we go there, Candice, let's go. Do not forget to smash that like button, subscribe, comment, ring the little bell. Uh, subscribe to Mike Bear Official. Catch us on Twitch, Periscope, and Rumble, which Casey Jones is taking care of for us. Do not forget to send me some love at paypal.me slash Mike Bear. You can also send $27 and your email to that PayPal account. We'll get you signed up for the special show tomorrow night with Jennifer Falad-Doreen. 5 p.m. Pacific, right after the Seahawks beat the Rams. 8 p.m. Eastern, me and Jennifer are going to be doing a private reading for people, individuals. Uh, Venmo at mike dash Barra. Don't forget, if you want to send some love to TV's Blake Wally, it's paypal.me slash Blake Wally. If you want to give some love to Candace, it is Facebook, Frequency of the Earth. You can join her group there or on eBay. She is Miramom selling all sorts of wonderful, cool goods. Do not forget to hit ungovernedtees.com and use the code RN, Real News 2021. Um, that's, uh, that's what's going on with uh, that's today's station break. 406 people in the live stream. Don't forget to do all that stuff. And I was going to ask Candace, but she seems, did I, I didn't remove you. If I did, it was by accident. Are you there, Candace? Yeah, I'm here now. I, I swear my phone is overheating. It's the weirdest oh, okay. thing. I haven't had that happen before. So, so I'm trying to, I'm going to get some, a cold pack <laughs> to put it on. So, so go so ahead. I'm, quick, I can well, talk. Quick question. Quick question. Sonic Liberation wants to know, does that mean that Juan thinks that Mike Pence is going to let us down in the Senate as president of the Senate when senators and legislators object to the fake fraud electors being um, counted? Well, this is what we have to prepare ourselves for. I mean, I, I think this is probably the worst news that I got for the last two weeks because, you know, he's said over and over again that, um, you know, there's going to come a time when we may not be happy with the results. And uh, <clears throat> but we have to look at the dates that are most important. And, of course, the process that 
we're having to go through. And of course, uh, we have the trump card. We've got a lot in order. They've scenarioed this out, Mike, as we've talked about uh, for quite a long time. Um, you know, they, they, they this whole Q thing is about um, their ability to plot algorithms. And I think it warrants a little bit of explanation just so that people can kind of understand how deep this goes and how much we have in terms of talent that's been going after that. Like I started off saying about General Flynn, the, the digital army, this is not just in this country. This is not just a situation that, um, that we have control over. I think there's multinational. Uh, we also have, um, you know, a lot of uh, individuals that are very, very skilled at this, and they're they've done programmers. They've they're people that have worked the back end for all of our social media, by the way, which they're actually in right now. And I I have a good friend that ended up being uh, very involved in this, and he solved a problem for me over a course of like 24 hours. And just to try to explain it is that um, I couldn't get into the servers in Tomsk, Russia to be able to pull off my um, my Schumann resonance information. Now it's a pretty comprehensive, it's, you know, a really a wonderful site. And I was going through uh, Google Translate so that it's done in Russian and then it goes through Google and comes out in English on my end. So okay. when I talked to this friend of mine, um, I said, you know, this is driving me crazy. I'm having to go to this other site to get these in there. It's not up to date and it doesn't have all the things I like to look at because there's about, oh, um, eight different charts that are there of which four I access on a regular basis. And then there's four other ones that, that are very interesting. So, so he said, well, let me into your system and I'll, I'll figure it out. So very quickly he ascertained that it was Google that was in there mucking around and had basically taken out my computer's ability to connect uh, to that site in Russia. Now, everybody has to understand how the internet works. It goes through portals, okay? So it goes through uh, server farms that basically have come up to the surface now that we understand. Like there's one in Frankfurt, Germany, and it has the Dominion server is there, right? So. Um, that happens to be one of the portals that was exposed by this team that they were became aware of. And we sent people over there. We unfortunately lost five guys mm -hmm. and God bless their souls because um, this isn't easy because there is three aspects to any operation. There's the covert actu actuality of them having to learn the the addresses and getting the people aligned and everything that happens on the ground. And then there's the, um, the two concepts that uh, the Wicker dealt with. And that was the, uh, you know, the fact that we have the two different phases of operation that are important because the covert action is something that we have to have permission to do through the three letter agencies. And then there's the clandestine activity. So all of those have importance in terms of our uh, owning this so that we actually can take these things over. And this has been a process. So um, just like lately, and I'll bring it forward, uh, right now we're exposing the judges. And a lot of people know that the judges are corrupt, but we didn't know 
you know, who was and who wasn't, who was paid off, who is sitting there that uh, has dirt on them, um, how the deep state has used that. And of course, what we all found out recently is that Roberts is dirty. So Lon stated this, I think, four programs ago where he said in, he was talking to, to V at Rogue News and and they said, um, you know, that his presumption was is that Roberts would probably be out uh, before the end of Trump's last term, his second term. So he had the confidence at that point that, yes, he was going to be elect, reelected um, and will serve for the next four years, which he will. So that's not in question. What's in question is how we are are getting rid of all these people how it, it's important that we do that because of course, we've got to know who's with us and against us. And that's why Juan has said for a long time, it's still free choice. It's still the matter that you need to take a hellish course or a heavenly course. And if you choose, then that's where you are going to be functioning. And you know, a lot of people have contacted me. Oh, you know, how am I going to survive? I live in L.A. or I, you know, live in San Francisco. And I know people that are just fine down there. But I'll tell you, that's not a great place to live. And yeah. so, you know, we all have that chance to make these choices. And I can't tell you, you know, how I did it exactly. But I did. I moved lock, stock and barrel to an area that's relatively safe. But it's not like it's totally free of, of, uh, you know, activity in that regard. I mean, I just dealt with it yesterday on Christmas. <laughs> we have this family that is, uh, you know, they're not on the right side of the ticket here. So uh, but, you know, it is the case where I think we've got the high ground, but we're going to have to buckle up here. Um, this next couple of weeks ought to be probably shaking everybody uh, into a sense of uh, that we're. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I can understand um, that they're having to do things like this to wake people up, to shock them. By the way, we've got a YouTube conspiracy theory developing in um, developing in the chat. Uh, Houston is not an Irish name. I will acknowledge that. Neither is Evans or Clayton. As I understand it, uh, Dave Evans, The Edge, w w they were Welsh and they moved to Dublin, Ireland at some point to look for work. Clayton is a Scottish name. Houston, I don't know about. So, yeah, we, there is some, uh, they're not Irish. Like Not like Phil Linnett, of course, who was uh, from Thin Lizzy, who was very Irish. Uh, Pete probably knows who I'm talking about. Anyway, um, I, I guess I want to ask you, how much are we expected to endure? Because like I said earlier, we're suffering, those of us that are believers and patriots, because we don't have anything to hang our hat on. And I don't, I guess I don't get their callous, what seems like their callous indifference to um, our suffering. We've worked very hard to get President Trump elected and it doesn't seem like we're getting a lot of um, reci reciprocity from them. They could have arrested a lot. I realize there's a game to be played here, but I feel like they're playing the game wrong. And just why am I, you know, again, tell me again, why am I wrong? Why is it okay to do this without even a hint that there's anybody's going to be brought to justice when we know all these people are guilty? Well, you know, the thing is, is that our, our justice department is of course also compromised in a way, but uh, this is this is our 
or again, a civics lesson uh, from hell, but uh, we do have a process. It is um, available to us and we're going to see it play through. Uh, but of course, we have to be prepared for the fact that, that we're going to deem the uh, deep state as an insurrection, which is why we have uh, Flynn back on the scene. Uh, he has said it for four years now um, and uh, in a very strong minded way, if uh, you look into it. But, um, you know, so we are kind of on that cusp of uh, knowing all this truth. And of course, it's hard to say, you know, yeah, it's right around the corner. We should have a bad week or whatever. But I just want to highlight kind of the what we've talked about, which is uh, always the good good side of things and that we are we have kind of taken out child trafficking we're very much ahead in terms of drug trafficking uh we've basically taken the bank accounts over of all most of these people they they don't have a whole lot of money anymore the mainstream media is out of money they're all in um receivership which is like prior to bankruptcy um, you know, and this is stuff you can find out if you do some research. Um, uh, really, it, again, internationally, a lot of these, you know, this bad news is coming out, uh, you know, like, okay, one I've been looking at, which is the Vatican. We've already taken over the city of London. Um, the royals are basically doing our bidding now. Um, you know, Trump has worked ahead on all this. He set all this up and he's a genius financially. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, let's be sure that we make, you know, it's like somebody in chat said, I lost $1,800 because of Obamacare. Yeah, okay, write, start writing a, a list, folks, of all the money that you have had stolen from you because when the reset comes, when Gassara is comes into play, and that's also happening, right? right? I yeah. mean, it's imminent. And at that point in time, we're all going to get the cards that um, – Munchen is uh, our Secretary of Treasury that handed yeah. Trump. Okay, okay, say this with me. Say this with me. Okay. Mnuchin. Mnuchin. I got Mnuchin. the Steve Mnuchin. There you go. All right. Okay. Good. I know you can get this. I know you can get it. I know. It's just I don't. My mom. My mom used to butcher. Used to butcher names like that. And I know you're yeah. not like my mom. You can do yeah. this. You're, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to think about you as my mom. You're you're gonna handle this, Steve Mnuchin. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he he was in a cabinet meeting and handed a, a blank credit card right. to Trump, right. and uh, said uh, there's no money on it now, but uh, you know that's what we're gonna send out. So everybody has to have an address. They have to have been counted during the census. Make sure you're, you know, all kind of good in your book working. Um, make make absolute sure that you've got it all written down because you're going to have to prove it. And it's not like it's going to be free money, but uh, yeah. you are going to be repaid because right now I can tell you for all the mainstream uh, media fear mongering, that's one of them they got dead wrong is that the national debt is still somewhere, who knows, 25, not 27 trillion dollars. But here's the thing, guys, it's all paper money. It's all fiat currency. The national debt, all they have to do is print a one ounce 0.999 pure gold or silver coin out of the treasury that has the denomination of 27 trillion dollars on it. Walk over to the Federal Reserve window in Washington, D.C. and say, here, the national debt is paid off at the cost of what? $1,800 for a gold coin. That's all they have to do because it's all paper money. It's worthless. 
but they're not doing that. They want us to believe that we have this fake debt, which we don't. We don't owe it to anybody. Come on, give me a break. If you, it's just it's it's nonsense. Um, Flambeau Tarot and Healing says Mardi Gras officially ruined for me. Are there pictures of your previous Mardi Gras, <clears throat> Flambeau? I'd like to know that um, if there are. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. And yeah, it's not Munchkin. It's Minutian. Okay. All right. Go ahead, yeah, Kim. we had a little conversation about that. At least people think it's funny. So that's good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, is there, I don't want to talk the whole time. Let's get your opinion. Uh, Blake, you're, uh, I'm sure you, you feel strongly one way or the other. So take it away. <laughs> I think I've already <laughs> lost where we're at specifically on this particular issue. Um, well, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm a new tube. Actually, okay, fine. I, I think we should absolutely get. I love the reset idea. I love the idea of getting rid of the Federal Reserve. Like, Mike, that's a spectacular idea. I'm all for something different, a new system that makes sense for everybody. Um, yeah, I'm in favor of just, yeah, reworking a whole bunch of other different things to uh, make our lives more efficient going forward. It's all a big mathematical scam. It was designed uh, intentionally to keep us in debt forever. It can never be paid off. Technically, that's the way they des designed it with the, uh, the never-ending interest rates. Um, so money out of nothing. The last time it was destroyed by, oh, I can't remember the president's name back in Andrew Jackson. When we had another big, big fight, we've always had a big battle with central banking in this country. But now that you know Trump kind of owns it, I think it could be played to our advantage. I always thought as soon as we got to twenty trillion in debt, it should just automatically be wiped out because it shows that how inefficient it is and now it's it's mathematically impossible to ever pay off. But yeah, we'll we'll play along along with it for a little while longer. But yeah, they definitely at some point need to outlaw Keynesian economics. Should just be. Uh, you know, in the Smithsonian somewhere and laughed at and ridiculed for the rest of time. And uh, we'll go back to some common sense kind of uh, system, which I'm hoping. But, um, yeah, we're going to build everything back up once we uh, tear it all down. Okay, I'm done. Thank you very much. Yeah, here you go, buddy. Here's your .999 pure silver coin that says $27 trillion on it. Guess what? The national debt is paid off, and you guys are out of business. Thank you very much. Okay. Just write him a check. I like the, yeah. yeah, write a write a no, just give him a gold coin that says twenty-seven trillion dollars on it, and it's all done. There you go. Or silver coin. Sorry. Point nine 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 silver date. Okay. So true. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Candace, before we go to tonight's top five list, is there anything else that you think is important that the viewers <laughs> hear tonight um that, that you want to uh that you want to relate to them? Well, one of the things I'm working on, which is, is really a fascinating concept, and I'll, I'll just kind of skim over it, but um, I am doing a project that is basically going to bring about an understanding of the reason that we are so blasted as far as our concept of time. Um, time has actually been used as a weapon against us, and... Uh, there was a concept that was bantied around the other night in conversation, which is called um, uh, the long minute. And what they're doing is they're able technically to stretch our time so that it appears to us like it's going faster. 
this is a tough concept, but everybody's got to watch the movie uh, Interstellar because it talks about time. In fact, that's the main thing. There's a trailer out there that is uh, um, Days of Old is the person who has it up. I put it on uh, Frequency of the Earth. I constantly refer to it. And I just put up an article um, yesterday that, that has to do with kind of the the basis for time and, and our not only our time that we look at at our watch in terms of time zones and all that, but it also relates to the calendars. And this is a really interesting story because um, the first calendar that came about was the Mayan calendar. And that was the one that was uh, said that in 2012 that we would, you know, go through this shift and everything was going to happen. Which, well, the which we have, went. yeah, which we are in the midst of actually. Yeah, we, we right. have. Yeah, uh, and we have kind of like shifted it. It, it actually was moved forward. Uh, what technically is eight years, and um, we had a calendar actually that was developed even before them, which goes back four thousand years plus, and that was the lunar calendar, and that was formed by the Chinese, and it was a ap absolutely amazing calendar because they. Uh, they understood how things worked and they aligned it with all of the, uh, well, you know, the, the 12 animals that they have and then they, all the stories behind that and then the minutia that comes up with, uh, you know, the entire process of, of uh, uh, you know, advising somebody. And, and I got to tell you, I found this out years ago, is that they don't calibrate your um, Chinese astrological date by the day you were born they actually calculate it by the day you were conceived <laughs> so everything goes back like eight nine months right um right. and and so when you're actually chinese and you're actually doing it the right way it is something that that people plot their lives by okay so they did this for many many years and then what i just found out which it just makes me shudder because Juan talked about it today, and and I, I wondered if he would talk about this, because that's what we discussed the other day. So the Gregorian calendar is today's international calendar named after a man who first introduced it in 1582, who was Pope Gregory VIII. Before that, Britain and, and the empire followed the Julian calendar, which was implemented by Julius Caesar in 46 B.C., Mm -hmm. However, this calendar had a built-in error of one day every 120 years due to a miscalculation of the solar year well, by 11 actually, minutes. It, actually isn't, it really isn't a miscalculation. It's that, the, earth, it's that the, the, the rotational period of the Earth a day is actually not 24 hours. It's 24.22 hours. So that just keeps piling up. So, you know. Right. But and they, that, they had an incorrect calculation of the exact period of a day. So... And, so, and so that particular situation manifested itself in a time period in England that basically they went ahead 11 days. And it's like it went from September 2nd to September, you know, 13th. Or, yeah. Yeah. And the people were upset and wanted their 10 days back. That's right. There was this big movement and everybody went crazy. And it happened to be right around an election period. <laughs> So, I mean, it was like the Tories versus the Whigs, right? It's really a good story. So, 
but the, the, the idea of the conflict that went on about this it comes down to a couple of groups that um, were active during the time when the Gregorian calendar came in, which I hadn't even known about. But one of them was the Jesuits mm-hmm. and the other was the Catholic Church. So what are we doing right now? I mean, it's like, whoa, we're like reliving history because what are they trying to do with us in the Vatican? This is something that, you know, a lot of people are talking about. And now we just heard that there's a rumor that um, every seven years that the Pope that has been in, you know, in uh, place uh, will abdicate and will leave the um, papacy and they'll bring in a new guy. And the reason they do that is, is because of these superstitions that were that go back to the day when the Jesuits were in charge. And I could go on and on. This is fascinating. So we're, we're going into the future now with a chance to actually call out all these things in history and actually put them right. Because I'll tell you, it's everything is wrong about everything. And that is just right. not an untrue statement. So. Right. Uh, Ashley, to answer your question, what is time? Time is the spiraling, torsional, physical forward movement of everything in the universe. If it fails to continue in motion, there is no universe. Everything stops. So that's all time really is. And I know that's not an easy concept to absorb. Read my book, The Choice, published in 2010, and uh, you can figure it all out from new, new uh, page books, The Choice by Mike Barra on uh, on Amazon. And it will, I will all be explained to you. Uh, time is an illusion. No, it's not. It's a real physical thing that changes. It's, it's physical. Uh, Nicole, I wouldn't call the Saturday Night Live with everybody if only Candace is the only one speaking. You know, Nicole, I'm kind of done with your bullshit. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, like, blow you away. How's that? Um, okay. Uh, what show was Juan on today? He was on Michael Jaco's show, G-A-C-O. Um, it seems like the older I get, the faster things go, right? That's because you're dying like the rest of us. <laughs> uh, look forward to getting back to space stuff, Mike. Great. That's fine, Mike. I wish something would happen in the realm of space, but it's not. So that's not where we're going right now. I am not a Palladian, nor am I a Pleiadian. A Palladian? Paladin? A Palladian? What is that? Isn't that a resort in Vegas? The Palladia? Palladian? 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 I've stayed at the Palladian. It's an awesome Paladin. hotel. Marvelous yeah. granite floors, huge king size bed with posts. My friends are if you want a great honeymoon if you want a great honeymoon or anniversary take her to the venetian it's a big four poster bed okay uh yeah too much the taurus field correct um i'll be up late many nights thanks to you and your show but that's why i'm here okay well that's great ashley i'm I'm glad i could support you there blake you got something you want to kick in here before we go on Uh, just uh saying hello okay all right so i think Actually, Candace, we have reached the point. I would love to continue this conversation all night long, but I'm almost done with my second beer, and that makes me kind of buzzed. So 
we're on to the final segment of the evening where everybody abandons us. It's 411. There are 412 people right now on the live stream. Uh, thank you guys for being here. We love you. Smash that like button. Don't forget to ring a little bell and comment. Subscribe to Mike Barra Official and the Peelback Report uh, YouTube channels. Don't forget to find us on Periscope, Twitch, and Rumble. That's where we are right now. Um, Casey Jones is taking care of those. Uh, also, do not forget to uh, pay get to send me some love paypal.me slash mike barra on venmo at mike dash barra do not forget to send blake um wally some love paypal.me slash blake wally do not forget to join candace's group frequency of the earth on facebook or on ebay buy some stuff from miramum the miramum store we got to get you a better store name candace we really do we we, we got uh, it's not really a store it's just a personal thing and i appreciate not making a big deal out of it but uh, i'll put a link up and i appreciate folks that have bought things from me which i it just totally makes me happy because i got some neat little uh uh, do was in there, you know, that are kind of like useful for everybody. And, um, yeah, so just all you got to do is just uh, put in EMF um, neutralizer and that will take you to my store. I think I'm the only one on the. And that's great. That I've been using that stuff around my bed and I remember all my dreams, which I didn't before. Not always a good thing. <laughs> when you have the dream where the aliens that don't have faces are chasing you and they are like, I'm like, why don't you show me your faces? And they're like, because that one <laughs> we need to talk, Mike. I got to get those out of your life. Yeah. Okay. If we showed you our real faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and do not forget to visit our wonderful sponsors, ungovernedtees.com. Use the discount code RN2021. Stands for Real News 2021 for your 20% discount on all sorts of awesome, cool T-shirts, none of which anybody is wearing tonight. That's my bad. Sorry about that, guys. Um, okay, I think we're into the phase of the evening where people will start to abandon us. But, uh, Pete, it's up to you. What is tonight's top five list before we move on for the evening? What are we doing a top five list on? First of all, I consider it a high honor to be asked to be the decider of the top five list. Well, we didn't ask, just none of us had any idea, so it fell to you. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know, maybe, maybe I'm making a bigger deal of myself than I should be. Uh, but, you know, I had to go here. The top five romantic moments in both movies and TV, like the top five moments, is a burp out beer, as I say this. <laughs> <laughs> romantic? I I did that. I know. The romantic. top five romantic yeah, moments. Five romantic it, moments. It like you right in the heart. Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. Just I, that I'm feeling more. I, I may need to go put some more gold bond on because it's really gotten to me, Pete. <laughs> All right. Since you came up with this list, motherfucker, you get to start. Give us your number five most romantic movie or TV moment. Top five. What's your number five? Oh, let, let me put on my reading glasses. Pete, hold it together. <laughs> yeah. I let the drunk guy pick the top five list. I love that. <laughs> well, hey, what, what I... Stop, it's, it's about the, the movies. Uh, well, I have to say that... Um, I'm going to go, the number five is going to be Miss Piggy and Kermit kissing in, 
I I heard that snort. Heard that snort. Come on, man. In in, in the Muppets movie, it was cute. You know, there were sure there were dolls. You know, manipulated with you know doll things. But damn it, it was good. Okay. Um, should okay. I scratch that one for the next one? No, that's good. Number five is fine. That's your Miss Piggy Kermit moment. Uh, Tony, yeah. It gets, it gets better. It goes along. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, Tony, I've got you on the list for Sunday. Don't worry about it. I'll send the email out sometime after I wake up tomorrow morning. Hopefully by noon, everybody will get an email saying we're going to do a Skype and here's where you go. So don't worry about it. I got you. All right. Uh, Blake Wally, let's have your number five most romantic movie or television moment of all time. Man, uh, <clears throat> great pick, Pete. Um, guys, yeah. I'm up. It's when I was a kid. I haven't it's been been too long. I, I'm gonna have to watch that again. Um, yeah, this was uh, <clears throat> not easy for me either. In fact, I'm a big believer in personality types, and my personality. Type, apparently, they had like a a study one time with all the people of different personality types to try to figure out like what their favorite movies are. And my people all like like thrillers and sci-fi stuff. We were the least likely to like any kind of romantic movies at all. Yeah. The only one, the only one that showed up with any kind of consistency was Pride and Prejudice, because apparently we could relate to the main character, Mr. Darcy. I think they barely seen... like that movie. I think they barely I've seen about half of it. So it's it's really good so hard. far, but I never finished it. So I'm going to go with number five. With that all being said, I'll go with 41st Dates with Adam Sandler <laughs> and his pursuit of, I forget her name. Um, wow. How are you doing? Thank you. With yeah. the retrograde amnesia and the VHS yeah, no, tape. It, it was a nice movie. So I liked it. That's so number five, 41st Dates. Yeah, Adam Sandler. There we go. All right. Okay. Candace, your your number five romantic movie or TV moment of all time. Uh, did you say Adam's family or Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler. Adam okay. Sandler. Uh, because mine is Adam's family, and it is um, the scene that, uh, of course, uh, she says um, to uh, Morticia, that, uh, you know, it's a scene where they're like um, kissing and hugging and it's all about the, um, uh, it's, it's a, a really good kind of uh, statement about the, um, the entire um, Adams Family quotes and it, uh, and I can't quite find it here to quote it, but it is about the two of them uh, that I love the uh, shackles and the, uh, the, the uh, sharp, um, you know, things being thrown at me so she's like tied to a um you know a, a, a cross and then you know they're they're just playing i i love that particular scene because it is so it's so loving and so gothic and so kind of completely out of control so it's um that's my number five from uh, adam's family uh with the scene between gomez and morticia wow interesting pokers yeah Interesting. Call. Red hot pokers, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god! Okay, they did a whole dance. They did this whole romantic, like Spanish dance. I forgot about that. Damn! Yeah. I did the jackal dance in year one, but I didn't know if anyone would get the reference. 
Ah, okay. Uh, I wow, there's still 319 people watching this. I can't believe that. Uh, I think my number five comes from a 1980 TV series. It was the first starring role for Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is on my brain right now because I watched Die Hard for Christmas Eve, of course, which was awesome. Hans Gruber falls from the 32nd floor of Nakatomi Plaza. Never forget Nakatomi Plaza on Christmas Eve. Bruce Willis is in a TV show with Sybil, Sybil Shepherd called Moonlighting. It was hilarious. And there was sexual tension between the two of them was palpable. So palpable that I think it was actually real between the actor and the actress. Although the rumor is they hated each other. But so did, uh, so did his character and Maddie, her character, on the show. And finally, after, I don't know, three, four, five years there was finally a scene where they were having an argument and he says something to her and, and he says, he, he, he says, you bitch. And she says, you bastard. And then he says, or you bitch again. And she slaps him and then they end up making out. So that's my number five is the first make out sex scene between Dave and Maddie on, on moonlighting with Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard. That's my number five. All right. Uh, your number four most romantic moment, uh, moment of TV moment, TV, I don't know, whatever. Your number four most romantic moment, Pete. Well, um, I have to go with um, the animated film of um, I have to go with um, the beautiful film with all its big background animation, you know, fake cinematography of Wally and Wally and Eve kissing when they, they're going through space and they connect and their heads go together and there's a little lightning bolt that goes between them. It's just so beautiful. That, that movie makes me cry at that moment. So I'm going to have to go with that. That's a biggie. So Wally and Eve in, in the movie Wally, and that, that, that little space moment where they, they connect and an electricity bolt goes between their heads. And they're robots, so it's not very human, but it's uh, it, it encapsulated love really well, I think. So there we go. And I will not pontificate anymore, Mike. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Blake's turn. Blake, you're number four. That's a good one. You, you came up with this category. I thought it was going to be all these like magical Hollywood moments, and it's puppets and, and cartoons. I love it. I'm good. Yeah, but I have to be emotional about it. I cry every time I watch it. It's like, why am I crying about animated robots? <laughs> like, there's something. Yeah, there's something bent on it that was beautiful. But I digress. Or yours. <laughs> oh, so Jeff just mentioned uh, Cherry 2000. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, robots um, for girlfriends, wives, whatever. That was, that was actually a very well done uh, B movie. Good call, Jeff. But that was, I was I was thinking about that before the show again but good choice but no number four i'm gonna go with uh movie the naked gun when the uh it was a priscilla presley and uh leslie, leslie nielsen. nielsen yeah and uh they had the herman's hermits musical video yes as, as they're running around that's a fan that was such a well done movie um yeah just, just every scene 
But uh, yeah, that was kind of a nice little uh, scene. I, I thought with, with the with the classic song, it was a nice movie, nice part anyway. And that's all I'll, I'll say on that one. I can't remember. And it's White Light, yeah. your number four most romantic yeah. movie or television moment of all time. Uh, this one is easy. Probably could have been my number one, but it's uh, Casablanca. And uh, this this uh, particular film always, I must have seen it a hundred times, but hum Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, um, really incredible. And it was uh, the quote that um, is uh, world famous. And, uh, you know, here's looking at you, kid. And uh, that scene was about as romantic as it gets. Okay, that's yeah, very nice. nice. My my number four comes from the movie Cleopatra, which was a classic with Richard Burton and Rex Harrison and Liz Taylor. And it tells what I think is the most romantic story in human history, which is the story of Anthony and Cleopatra. And there's lots of different versions of it. In, in this film, in this version, you know, Cleopatra cared for Caesar and, and she saw what Caesar had, but she was truly madly in love with Mark Antony. And Mark Antony, when he's fighting, there's the Battle of Actium, and he's fighting the forces of Octavian Caesar at sea, which is a big mistake. He shouldn't have fought at sea. He's an expert on land battles. And he's made all these mistakes because he's drunk in love with Cleopatra. He can't help himself. He just is obsessed with her. And during the battle, she becomes convinced that Mark Antony is dead, when in fact he's not. He's still fighting to win the day for her. And so she and her golden barge turns to leave and when Anthony sees her ship leaving you look at Richard Burton's face and he's like oh no she can't leave my love cannot leave that is like when you look at his face in that moment you see what how men really love I think men fall for women far harder than women ever fall for men and at that moment I'm like yep that's it that's how we feel when we're in love. That's what it means to us. And he abandons his own men to his ultimate doom to chase after his love. And, and I think that that's awesome. It actually should be higher than number four. I'm going to move it up to number two, but that's my second choice. Cleopatra <laughs> at the Battle of Actium. Like, like, that is historical. Said, Damn. <laughs> All right. Damn. Wait, your number three romantic movie or film, movie or television moment of all time. Come on, Pete. This is your idea. You got to have five. Huh. No, I, I thought it said, like, I'm sorry. Hey, well, Do we skip Candace? Or did I miss something? I'm, no, we didn't skip Candace. Well, Candace gave us. Uh, what was your last one, Candace? Yeah, there was. Um, I'll have to love. Uh, that uh, Mad Max and uh, his love for Tina Turner, like they had this hate for each other, but they ended up, they never consummated their love, but they had this like, like we are, we, I'm the most badass. No, I'm the most badass. No, I'm not the most badass. It was like this unrequited love. It was really beautiful, so I'm gonna have to take that for this uh, for this uh, number three. So there you go. Oh. Okay, uh, Blake Wally, your number three. Yeah, sorry. Well, 
romantic moment of television or movies of all time. I don't know if it's that romantic. Yeah, sorry. It's Candace said Casablanca. I forget. Uh, I'm going to go with number three, even though it's not that romantic, but it was memorable, and that would be uh, the Blues Brothers, the very end with um, Carrie Fisher, as a matter of fact, and uh, yeah. when he's trying to uh, woo her back. Oh, he's actually just trying to distract her, I think. He's just kind of... Yeah, just trying to... Her her. She's about to kill him. She doesn't have like a... Like, yeah, like, either like an assault rifle or a missile launcher or something. Oh, yeah, it's a great speech. He tells her how much he loves her and he kisses her. And then, as soon as they get away, he just grabs her. Hilarious. Hilarious scene. All right, uh, Candace, your number three most romantic movie, uh, movie or television moment, please. Um, this was another historical one uh, that you might recognize. Uh, it's uh, done in 1990 uh, called Cyrano de Bergerac. And it was about uh, a man who was a great uh, lover during the first half of the 17th century. And his story with his uh, cohort, Anna Boucher. And um, I always loved Gerard Depardo. I always thought, oh, my God, he is the heartthrob, right? And so he has a scene in there that he, I think, is so incredible. And here's the quote. Whom I love, think a moment, think of me, me whom the plainest woman would despise, me with this nose of mine that marches on before me by a quarter of an hour. Whom should I love? Why, of course. It must be the woman in the world most beautiful. He was a he was really good at writing, but he was as ugly as sin. He had a nose that was gigantic, and it, it was a great love story because the woman um, actually ended up falling in love with him. But then he uh, his uh, chief suitor um, that was also in love with her was named Christiane who ended up actually winning her in the end because he was just too ugly to have any ability to uh, win the most beautiful woman in the world. But he sure did a good job of it. And it was such a, a good movie. Um, back in the 80s, um, I actually worked on the stage presentation of that, which was performed in Everett, uh, Washington. And um, I did the makeup and the nose for a man that I eventually married. And he, he was a beautiful Greek man and he played it with just beautiful, beautiful compassion. And then it was also an opera, so they sang it. And uh, you know, I just have memories of that, which was uh, pretty, pretty neat. So that's my number three, uh, Sereno de Bergerac with Gerard Depardieu and Anna Boucher. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Braveheart, the freedom scene? Not quite. Um, okay, my number three is going to take us... It, it's pretty basic. I don't know why anybody... Maybe a lot of people are saving this for their number one. I think when uh, in... Um, shit, what's the name of the movie? Uh, John Cusack and Ioni Sky when he holds up the boombox with In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. Say anything? Uh, say anything. That is a romantic moment. I like that one. I think it's awesome. I, it's it's iconic. It's an iconic romantic movie moment, and I will take that one as my number three. So nice, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I consider that one. That's a good scene. 
I don't know if it's on anybody else's list. It can be. Go right ahead. But that's my number three. Pete, what's your number two most romantic moment of all time? Well, you know, it has, it has to be one of the Gidget movies from Surf Lore. You know, that, that um, I think it was Cliff, not Cliff High. Uh, what was his name? He was smoked a cigar. He, he um, you know, he kissed Gidget. And he was just like a surfer dude. He was like, I don't <laughs> give a shit about, like, reality or anything. Like, I'm, I surf, I, I love women, and I just, I drank beer. And that was it, you know. He was just, it was a Cliff uh, Martin, Cliff, um, oh, my God, it was, he played in Rap Patrol. He was, um. Hans Gudegeist? No, Cliff, he was Cliff, um. Yeah, Martin. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I see, I can see the guy's face. Oh, yeah, it was great. He just, he just said, I'm a surfer, and you'll never change me. I like I just go out and ride waves. That's all I do, and it was just such a like a sense of provenance and and in the way he said it, you know. And it was like with it was like with Dick Dale and and uh, and and uh, you know just Dean Martin swagger, you know. <laughs> it was just it was just like bam, so. So I'm a little fuzzy on that one, but there it is. There's my number three or four. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that one up because uh, my cousin was oh, actually one of the good. Yeah. yeah, it was Cliff. Uh, oh, Cliff Martin. God damn it! I can't think of his name. It was just beautiful. He just, he just, he had like this like cheap cigar hanging out of his mouth, just saying, "I'm a surfer, baby." I don't give a shit about anything else on the riding waves. <clears throat> if you ever have a chance, watch the movie Riding Giants. It's about the big wave surfer movement. Oh, oh my God. You think you know Olympic athletes or anyone who has balls that you can see from space? Watch this movie. Oh, my God. The big wave surfer culture is something else. They are my high bar spiritually. I look at them and I look at, and I feel small. You know, they're they, yeah. you know they're like, hey, that's a six story wave. I'm gonna ride it. It's like it's like what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, Blake Wally, your number two most romantic movie or television scene of all time. Yeah, I don't know if that was Gidget Goes to Hawaii, but that was actually literally my cousin. <laughs> Was that Deborah Wally, redhead, Moondoggy? Yeah, back in those days, dated Elvis for a while. Uh, interesting character, died in Sedona about 20 years ago, but a, a fine woman. Um, anyway, yeah, and uh, interesting little, little note on that. Uh, TV's Deborah Wally, and anyway, number two, I am going to go with Groundhog Day. I just love how, um, Bill Murray, when he is in pursuit of, uh, what's her name, Andy something McDowell, yeah, Andy, 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 uh, 
McDowell, right? And then repeating the day over and over until he gets it right, which I don't know if he ever, well, he does eventually. But yes, in his pursuit and going over all the different things, I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of days or what have you, but I thought that was a very uh, interesting uh, setup there. One of my favorite movies. Um, okay, cool. Candace, your number two most romantic movie or television scene of all time. Um, the last two are actually what you would call um, a, uh, a entourage, which is a, a group of actors that interplay with each other. And there's no like two players, you know, man and woman. It's, it's like a, a, about a, a group of people. So um, this one is called Four Weddings and a Funeral. And uh-huh. uh, uh, there were some moments in there that when I remember seeing it, um, you know, many years ago, I just laughed out loud. I mean, I was it was 1994 and I absolutely sort of moved into that phase of my life where it was about a group of friends, you know, kind of the, the friends sort of uh, entourage. And uh, they went through all these uh, occasions It, it took place in. Um, uh, it was British, made uh, by, directed by Mike Newell. And, of course, the uh, actors were um, Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant and yeah. Andy McDowell. Again, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and a really, in his good day, man, he's another one of my total, I mean, I thought he did incredible acting because he was so natural and it just was a throwaway. And these are the, this was the scene that I, I found on movie, which is a good uh, place to go for stuff like that. And um, he's talking to Henrietta, who's another one of the group. And and she says, I thought I was an idiot because they were talking about how they, um, you know, came to this wedding. Nobody was prepared. And, and the, you know, it was a total disaster. Um, and she says, you see, you're, you're turning into a kind of serial monogamist, one girlfriend after another, yet you really don't let anyone near you. On the contrary, you're affectionate to them and you're sweet to them, even though I, I, I really thought I was an idiot. And he says, I, I didn't think you were. And, and she says, I did. I thought you too was a type of submarine. And he says, well, in a way, you're right. Their music has a naval quality. And it was like a, an inside joke, you know, which is that there was this, and we, we go through this all the time in our lives where we have a tremendous amount of knowledge about something, but some people just have no clue. It's like, you too, okay, that was a submarine, right? <laughs> I don't know, it just... Yeah, it sounds like a that, submarine, right? Yeah, it sounds that's, like a uh, Yeah, so that's my number two is four weddings and a funeral. Okay, uh, my number two is the scene from Titanic with Leo DiCaprio, even though I hate Leo DiCaprio. Are you going to cry? And Kate Winslet, <laughs> and and where she gets naked and poses for him to sketch her out. And oh, it lasts yeah. almost 80 years in a box somewhere, and they find it, and you tell the whole story. And it just it, to me, it's just a really romantic scene between two good actresses and who, I mean, you know, Kate Winslet by today's standards is not the super perfect physical specimen, but she's got that curvy softness that every man I think falls in love with. At least I do. I don't want these muscular. I don't want to see a bitch a six pack. I want the soft. When I, when I roll over in the middle of the night and touch my girl, I want to feel a soft, sweet girl there next to me. That scene got me. I thought it was very romantic and that's my number two. It is. It's ultimately romantic because it's also the story of a rich girl 
that has everything in life, and she pulled out this this kid who had nothing, uh, Jack, you know, who was so well played by uh, yeah. DiCaprio. Yeah. And uh, it really was the conflict that was going on during uh, that period. It's tragic because they can't be together. It's tragic because they couldn't be together. There's no That's way. That's exactly right. He couldn't, yeah. you know, because she and was it, already betrothed. Yep. Right. And it's not really sexual. It's <clears throat> sexy, but it's mostly romantic. And I like that about it. Okay. Your number one sexiest or not sexiest, most romantic moment of all time in television and film history. Pete Schmidt, what is it? I'm going to have to go with Trinity kissing Neo after he got shot by Agent Smith in the original Matrix film. And he's just, he's bleeding out. He realizes he's, he doesn't know or he knows that, um, you know, that reality is not reality. And he's just bleeding out. And Trinity and the the the, the 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 robot squids are coming in, ripping apart the <laughs> spaceship, and um, you know the Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, and and he's just he's just vibrating on the chair that he you know he goes into you know this fake matrix with, and he's just he's just bleeding out. He's spitting out blood out of his mouth. And she just holds his hand and says, you know, I love you. And she kisses him and says, get up. And that's when he pulls himself up out of the fake reality and puts his hand up and says no to the bullets and stops the bullets. That is my top romantic scene ever. No <clears throat> no doubt. <laughs> Sorry, I said that with a little bit of passion. <laughs> yes, a little, a little, a little too much passion. Okay, uh, Blake Wall, Blake Wall, your number one most romantic film or television moment of all time. That's right. Cause I think it was the Oracle who tells Trinity that, or yeah, she's in love with the uh, the one. Yeah. Yeah. She knows, yeah. But uh, yeah, good choice. Number one, I'm gonna go. With, I'll actually go with something relatively human here, um, and I know it's been mentioned a few times uh, in chat so far. Oh, good call on the true lies. That was a good uh, honorable mention there. But I'm gonna go number one. Harry met Sally with the big quote from um, <laughs> Billy Crystal at the end. We're actually approaching uh, New Year's Eve. Coming up here quick, that was actually one of the few uh, really uh, kind of romantic rom-coms that I really liked. Uh, what is, here's the quote here. He says, to Sally, I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that you, after I spend the day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Okay, I'm done. That's it. Oh, my God. Uh, Thank you very much. I remember having Happy New Year, everybody. All right, I'm out. I remember having one of those moments. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah, beautiful. 
All right, uh, Candace, you're number one romantic movie. I wish I could find the quote that I'm looking for, but um, my number one is uh, Kathleen Turner, my favorite woman actress in the entire world. I wish I had her voice. And William Hurt in uh, Body Heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this totally changed my attitude towards everything. And it was a scene uh, that they went out onto a desk or onto a deck and there was wind chimes all around. And the, the dialogue is different from this, but it is a good dialogue because um, Ned, who is played by William Hurt, says, uh, you can stand here with me if you want to, but you're going to have to agree not to talk about the heat. And that's where it all came from. And then he he basically uh, goes from that scene into a scene where she leaves and then she stands next to the door and is kind of blocking the door. And he kind of mumbles, maybe you shouldn't wear a dress like that. And she says, this is a blouse and a skirt. I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, you shouldn't wear that body. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you shouldn't wear that body. There's so much great dialogue in that movie. It's, there uh, is. There's, yeah. there's a scene when he first meets her, he's first talking to her. I think it's the same scene. And he says, yeah. he says something to her like, she's like, well, what do you need or something? And he goes, oh, I, I need someone to cook me dinner and rub my shoulders and, you know, smooth my sheets. And she goes, you yeah. should get yourself a wife. And he says, hey, I just need a wife. And he says, hey, I just need it for tonight. You know, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Great yeah, girl. here's another one. That's, that's so true my temperature runs a couple of degrees high around 100 i don't mind it's the engine or something she says maybe you need a tune-up and and she says well don't tell me you you have just the right tool yeah (laughs) it's got a lot of great dialogue yeah just Uh, totally Um, number one and it is also i would consider um a classic because it was uh uh, shot in Santa Barbara, and a lot of people don't know that, but I knew some people that actually worked on it and said that Bill Hurt is one of the most intense actors of all time. He was like, and he has, he's a living legend in terms of his work ethic, uh, but he is a little bit wacky and he does, uh, I think, share your birthday with you actually, um, which is interesting, Mike. So, yeah, 26th, really? Yeah, it's uh, kind of a yeah, kind of a. I heard he's slapped around a lot of girls. Uh, a lot of he girls. has, and he's you know he's like tall and blonde, and um, although you know we haven't heard from him for the last ten years very much, and he went into doing smaller indie films, you know, which seemed to please him, and he had more control. He's become yeah. a director, and Mar- Marley Matlin, who is the deaf girl that he played with in a couple of films, yeah. he ended up marrying her and, and I think actually having a family, which was nice because he was one of those guys that just, he fit that part so well because the plot was basically about um, that the woman was the one that manipulated him into a position where they started to become lovers and she asked him or or plotted with him to kill her very um, well-off husband who they ended up killing and she ended up on a an island someplace with a drink in her hand and he ended up in jail so yeah it yeah, was what uh, ended well for him uh, in that in that film and yeah he has a tremendous body of work throughout the 80s and 90s and then he 
kind of devolved into like Lost in Space, where it seemed like he played the entire movie while under the influence of prescription drugs. I think he had some influences there. I do know somebody, uh, somebody who was living with him for a while um, in the late '90s, early 2000s, and she never. She never had any problems with domestic violence, but Marley Matlin did accuse him of that. But he's an interesting guy, great actor, but he has kind of disappeared. I, I think the last thing I really saw him in after Lost in Space was Dark City, and he was quite good in that. But uh, for some reason, he's not working much anymore. Okay, um, I, had a, I had a bunch of honorable mentions. The film Solaris, the George Clooney movie. George Clooney is terrible, but it's a movie about this guy that goes to the space station around this newly discovered star planet. They don't know what the fuck it is. And dead people start appearing on the station. And he meets his dead wife, who, as we go through the course of the film, committed suicide two or three years before. And, and he gets to this point where he has to decide, is he going to go back to Earth or is he going to stay there with his wife? And Solaris is expanding and it's going to absorb a ship and he doesn't know what's going to happen, but he stays there and he ends up spending the rest of eternity with his, with his imagined wife, I guess, in a state of bliss. It's really interesting. I think The Empire Strikes Back where Carrie Fisher says, I love you to Han Solo. And he says, I know. Uh, that's highly romantic. And then Basic Instinct where Susan, uh, yeah, well, yeah, Sharon Stone, <laughs> is interrogated by the FBI is pretty incredible. Um, but, and of course, anything in Caligula, especially the wedding scene, but I think my favorite most romantic movement of all time, if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Most romantic thing of all time has got to be, uh, in the end, Last of the Mohicans, where Daniel Day-Lewis is talking to Madeline Stowe, and he's in love with her, and he's the Indians are coming, and his only chance of escape to ultimately come back and rescue her is to jump into a waterfall with his brother and then come back and try to chase her down and take her back from the Indians. And he's telling her, no matter what occurs, I will find you stay alive. No matter what happens, it's a great scene and we love it. And that's it. That's my number one, most romantic scene of all time. Okay. That's it for that. Um, all you guys, thank you very much for a great night. Do not forget a couple of final things. Do not forget. Uh, smash that like button, subscribe to Mike Barra official, subscribe to the Peelback Report. <clears throat> By all means, hit the uh, it, you know comment, hit the uh, alert button, the little bell. Uh, if you want to send some love to uh, me, you can send it to Mike Barra at uh, paypal.me uh, slash Mike Barra. Venmo is at Mike-Barra. Uh, Blake Wally is paypal.me slash Blake Wally for Candace. It is the Facebook group Frequency of the Earth or on eBay. She's got the Miramum uh, store there. And do not forget to patronize our patrons, ungovernedcheese.com, and use the discount code RN2021 for some great, awesome t shirts, which hopefully will become more and more relevant as time goes by uh yeah <laughs> okay ashley that's pretty funny all right guys uh the schedule now is we've got the special event tomorrow night with uh me and jennifer and candace is going to swing by where jennifer's going to do readings for everybody it's 27 dollars if you want to sign up there's still one or two spots left at least there were when we started the show paypal.me slash mike barrett's 27 dollars. make sure i get your email address yes everybody i've got your payments. I've got your emails. You'll get an email tomorrow. We're going to do it, I think, via Skype. 
That's at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And then Monday morning, Casey is on vacation all week. So Blake, Wally, maybe you and me will be doing it Monday morning. What do you think? 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. your time, right? You're east of California. So what do you think? Yeah, maybe? I, yeah I, could, I could definitely fill in. Yeah, sure. I'll fill all in right. for Casey. Need it? Yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back then at the very latest, latest, least, very least. Go Hawks, beat the Rams, everybody for Peach Meat in Sedona, Candace Whiteline in Montana, and TV's Blake Wally somewhere east of California. I'm your host, Mike Barra in Seattle, Washington. We love you. Thanks for being here. 256 of you stuck with us. Thanks for coming. Have a great weekend.